0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. So, Kat, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awesome, Dave. We have such an incredible guest. I'm yeah. really high-powered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How Ready. are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing good. I got my coffee. I'm feeling blessed. And we have actually got part three coming, right? We do. This is part three. Uh, also, this is our 30th show. Yay,
1: celebration! Yeah. Extra art power to Extra that. Extra art
0: power to that. <laughs> so, this is part three of our 30th show, the first one we've ever done like that. But the things that we've covered with our guest, Isaac Mingus, the Symphony Orchestra, the double bassist, we looked at doing part two. We just, there was so much left of the story that we asked him back to do part three.
1: Yeah, there's so much depth to this person, just his ex- experience. We would actually really cut it too short by two parts. It really needs three parts. Right. Even right. five parts, <laughs> if you well, ask me, but
0: <laughs> that'll come. <laughs> that's funny because, you know, it was in part two that he said, well, we don't have time for five, so I can't really pick my favorite my favorite moment out of all time. But uh, what an extraordinary 21 year old. Oh, he certainly is just really inspiring and just such a pleasure to be around. Right. Yeah. And he's going to be joining us here a moment in the studio. So are you ready? I'm ready, Dave. Then let's go. All right.
1: (laughs) This is partnership for the arts. Come join us
0: as we explore the worlds of art.
1: You can also find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, partnership for the arts group talk show, Or you can find us on our website at partnershipfortheartsgroup.org.
0: This show was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Good morning,
1: Isaac. It's great to have you here. Yes.
2: Thank you so much for having me back.
0: Right. Welcome back, Isaac. Sounds like you need some more coffee. Okay, so here we go, part three. When we left off in part two, we ran out of time. Uh, we were talking about some of your favorite moments with the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra, uh, in particular, Maestro Ponte. And you were sharing with us before the show that uh, you had another one. You had another moment. One of you, actually, I think you said your favorite moment. So, how about we start there?
2: But my favorite playing moment with him was this March. We were doing fun movie themes. Really, it's difficult stuff, but it's still yeah. got an air of lightness to it because we were. Uh, this is the stuff we grew up on: Spider-Man and Harry Potter and
0: uh, Star Wars. Star Wars, all yeah, sorts. Of, you were there at that concert. Yes, it was yes. an
2: electric performance, mm-hmm. and there was one moment because I make so many faces. I'm like neurotic with my faces when I play. <laughs> Um, talk about somatic expression and uh, I was and I and I have music memorized typically so I'm staring the maestro down for his cues and the energy coming off of his podium and off of his baton and he happened to look right over at the bass section he made eye contact with me as I've got the biggest stupidest grin on my face and I remember he gave me this smile, almost like a wink, and he almost hopped off the stage and went back to conducting the woodwinds. But that's how he was like Tigger the tiger. He just jumped up and went back to the woodwinds. You know that, that, <laughs> it, it's funny. just that sort of connection we had for that brief moment. It's just a spark, just right, you know, right. conductor to his musicians, and he really does connect with all the musicians in the in that orchestra, which is a difficult thing to do with seventy-something people on yeah, the stage. So,
0: yeah. so Isaac, do you know how many instruments the uh, the maestro? My play?
2: I don't know. I, I, I've heard that he's an adept trumpet player, and I believe he knows violin. I actually heard him playing the piano one time backstage, and I, I was like, wait a second, we don't have a piano soloist on this concert. And I, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a soloist. That's, that's a maestro? <laughs> well, okay, just another another tally in his corner, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, Really talented, gifted musician, in addition to being a wonderful conductor.
0: So I got to ask you what's it like in your opinion playing with basically a world- class orchestra
2: well electric is one way to put it another way to put it would just be uh, it's an enigma it, it you don't when we're playing repertoire that like I said you can't exactly whistle the melody but We're still going to play it up to par. We've got Naples Philharmonic players in our principal chairs, and uh, we've got astute directorship, and we've got this music that we've had for weeks, and we've all been practicing, and all of these people are coming together to coalesce into this music that we've never heard necessarily. It it can be surprising what comes out of the symphony. It's always good. It's always of the highest level, but. It's, it's never something that you expect exactly. Like when we did Harry Potter, this last concert, I've listened to that Williams recording time and time again, both when I was a child, watching the the movies and listening to them later as an adult and then performing them in various orchestras. Well, the maestro took some of those tempos so fast. You know, I, I mean, like I said, it was, it was blazing. And we were all keeping up with him, doing our best anyway. Um, and... <laughs> I I guess I wasn't expecting it. That's all. I'm I'm going into this and I expected, you know, I right, expected yeah. Williams, in a polished sense, but I didn't expect Williams on steroids in a polished <laughs> sense. You know, <laughs> which was such a pleasure, and right, and, and, yeah. and and I'm so glad I had that specific concert as well as all the other concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did Firebird, uh, I expected great. I got incredible. You know, that and and I've never flown through the end of Firebird, the finale, you know, in 7-4, I've never gone through it that quickly before either. A lot of fast tempos in this orchestra, which is fine by me because we have an orchestra worthy of that sort of tempo. Right, You know. right. Players that want to play at that, forget about can, they want to. Right. Let's let's go, you know. That
1: that makes a huge difference. Absolutely does.
2: Yeah. And when you've got a bass section that moves as a unit and Mm -hmm. all of these sections in the orchestra are coming together and grouping together and doing exactly what the maestro wants, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah. So there you go. It's an awesome enigma.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, most of us will never get the chance to know what it's like to, no. to play in an orchestra um, or play with someone like, like maestro. So the, the insights of that, I was, right. I was very curious about that.
2: It's You know, I think about that sometimes. My grandfather pointed that out to me for the first time, you know. Having done it now, I'm like, well, sometimes again, I'm naive, I'm young, and sometimes I think, well, other people know what I'm talking about. Not necessarily. He's an adept pianist, and he's a gifted musician, and he says, boy, would I like to know what it's like to be on a stage with a symphony orchestra. And now at every Charlotte Symphony concert, I look out at, at this audience that just adores the orchestra, such an appreciative audience we have here in Charlotte County.
0: Oh, one of the best things yeah. that's happened. Yes, and
2: everybody loves the fact that this orchestra can do what it does. You know, how far it's come, especially under the directorship of the maestro, how far along we are now and in, in, in terms of world class. And I just, I look out at this audience and I see a bunch of adoring eyes that, Sometimes I wonder if they wish they were up here with me, you know, (laughs) because it is a different experience, but the blended sound is different on stage from the, from the vantage of the last year bass player. It's very different, Mm -hmm. squeezed in between the rest of the basses and the tuba, you know, with the violas right in front of me and the maestro able to see me make eye contact with me, you know, that, that's, that's different. So yes, it, it is, it is something, it is something.
0: And yeah. you're right. The audience does adore the orchestra. I, I yeah, we do. And speaking of big adoring fans along the line, and I'm, I'm probably going to embarrass you a little bit here, Isaac, <laughs> because during one of the uh, breaks uh, in between performances, we had a chance to catch up. It was wonderful because uh, with everything Isaac, he came down off stage time for us to talk, and, and it was wonderful because his mom comes up and she is sitting there and we start talking and she says isn't he just wonderful and I said yes 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 she goes but he needs to smile a little bit more don't you think (laughs) and then she says and I still can't understand why he's not up front and center
2: I I've got better basis. On, my she, on break, she said something along those lines, but she's a little bit less. Uh, she's a little bit less gushy with her actual son, you know. She she likes to beat me up a little bit, and she says, "Oh my, I gave birth to a bobblehead," <laughs> <laughs> which she did. I'm like I said, I'm a little neurotic, but <laughs> my faces. Uh, I I do get constant. I actually had a woman who, who remembers faces. I don't okay. know... What, she, she was behind me at a Sarasota Orchestra concert, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, aren't you the guy who makes a lot of faces in the bass section of the Venice Symphony?
0: <laughs> the guy. The guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> that was... Well, so, I, yes. Well, I, I have to say, your mom calls you a uh, bubblehead, but, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. We're going to tell you why. We're going to actually... List off some of the other descriptions of your performance on stage. Uh-oh. Others describe you as enthusiastic. Enthusiastic, a real mover and shaker. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> mover and shaker. Love
1: <laughs> <All> it, <right>, perfect, <laughs> inspiring,
0: inspiring. Oh, and
1: man. and what would we come up with? I mean, just gotten to see more of a dimension of you. There's so many facets about you. Then we
2: can just leave it at, at
0: an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, let's talk about last season Absolutely. that you played. Uh, last March, you did the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Right. You mentioned Firebird. Mm-hmm. And I remember you talking about one instance with your family. I guess it was your younger brother and Firebird.
2: Mm-hmm. He had never. I adore my little brother. His name is Samuel. He's four years younger than I am. He's 17. And he is going to be a senior in high school this year. He's smarter than I am. He, he's he got uh, a real head on his on his shoulders, and he enjoys music, but he doesn't play anything. Um, and I can tell just by sitting with him, listening with him, watching him tap, he, he has a musical sense about him, but he never got into playing anything. So I enjoy bringing him around to various gigs when I can so he can hear what I'm doing and you know get his candid opinion he gives me a candid opinion sometimes i get some negative reviews or at least critiques and that's fine because you know not everything I, i get to part you know not everything i do and not everything i play with is uh charlotte symphony but uh he came to the charlotte symphony and he heard firebird for the first time live and he just said that was awesome (laughs) yes (laughs) yes it was I can confirm now that was awesome (laughs)
1: Right.
2: if the little brother says it then you know it's got to be true (laughs) there you go
1: and isn't it true though because your family or your closest friends will just be so honest with their constructive criticism and so when a family member especially a sibling says I'm blown away that's awesome then you know for yeah. sure yeah so no
2: no and my and you know my mother said the same thing her first concert was that March concert it was all of the stuff that she'd already heard when she was a kid in Massachusetts listening to Williams conduct the pops she's already heard a lot of this stuff live and she's just I mean I saw her at but that, her son
0: wasn't on stage either well no <laughs> <laughs> no but
2: she's oh my gosh this is incredible you know just <laughs> And it is incredible. Um, but it but it does have that effect on people and I can sh- see that in real world examples and in my own bloodline that you know, like I said, if they, if they're approving of it and blown they're away right. then I can tell that something's going right. There right, go. yeah, for sure. <laughs> there you
0: go. There you go. Okay. You ended the season with the Symphony Orchestra, Charlotte Symphony Orchestra in April. Mm-hmm. You're getting ready to start back up. We sure are. Anything you want to add about that?
2: Exciting season. I'm not sure I'm at liberty to share the exact repertoire, so I won't, but I can just say that we've got some serious power coming in this season in terms of emotionality and uh, virtuosity. Our soloists are going to be out of this world for sure, and we have the great composers on the the docket. Um, I've gotten to play some of these pieces before, so I am incredibly excited to redo it with the Charlotte Symphony and see what this is going to offer, you know. Um, and we've got and we've got our usual standard stuff. We're going to be playing in Fort Myers again at the Golisano Hospital, I believe. Okay. Um, you know the Children's Hospital for the December concert last year. We had, we did the typewriter with Dean Anderson, the former principal of the Boston Pops. He was. That's right. That was typewriter. a wonderful
0: performance. I love
2: that. It's great and. It was hilarious because I got my girlfriend a typewriter for Christmas. It had been a dream of hers to always own one, so I, I got one and I, I don't, <laughs> I awesome. can't explain it. I, <laughs> I got, I drove to St. Petersburg to pick somebody up from the airport. But before St. Petersburg, I went north of there to Lutz and I picked up a typewriter in Lutz, way north of Tampa. And I came back down. Next day, I had Charlotte Symphony down in Golisano in Fort Myers. And I walked in with a typewriter because I didn't want to <laughs> leave it in the car, and I didn't want joy to see it, so I had to make sure I, I hit it, and, and I walked in with this typewriter, and Dean is walking through with his typewriter, and he just kind of looks at me, and he's like, uh, "Did we get the soloist mix-up?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, "No, he said, was doing the." Huh? <laughs> he said something
2: tried. He just looked at mine and he said, I, "But I don't need that." <laughs> Oh, he's such a sweet man he's, he's such a musician but yeah he, that's how that happened I brought in my light blue typewriter and he's got this beautiful underwood I, typewriter is, <laughs> so <laughs> we compared typewriters <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing all of that again and children's concerts are lined up
0: mm-hmm, I just great. know that
2: this is going to be an electric season mm-hmm, as yeah. per usual
0: yeah and the Charlotte uh, Symphony is involved with the schools too
2: yep we're actually starting with a brand new program I understand it I think this is the first year we're doing it it's called the uh, Carnegie Education Program and I've done it with the Venice Symphony. Um, I, bo- I, I don't... Orchestra Rocks is the title of this program and it actually does come directly from Carnegie. We're going to be playing certain snippets of repertoire and the, the orchestra will play it on stage for these kids who have been prepared to know what to listen for and they're all going to have recorders and they're going to play along with us on certain songs.
1: Wow. that's fun. so Great. these kids wow. these
2: we're going to be I usually that's three or four different 45 minute concerts with different bus loads of third graders so we're going to just be mobbed with all the eight year olds in the Charlotte uh, high school and the performing arts <laughs> center there it's going to be eight year old central and um, <laughs> and they're all going to have recorders and there's going to be a lot of uh, playing Tchaikovsky on recorder and I'm so excited that's to do fantastic. that in
1: Charlotte yeah. Yeah.
2: they always do uh, symphony concerts but yeah. we've we've done it our own way and now we're, we're doing it on this nationally acclaimed program and I'm, it, I'm very excited. Wonderful. That's
0: awesome. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's great. fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> And it's
2: what it takes to get kids interested. Oh yeah. Participation. Yeah. I understand that in Charlotte County there's actually no strings programs for, for uh, the younger musicians around here so it's gonna be great for them to see all of these adept string players on stage since they never get to actually see these instruments. Um, On a day-to-day basis not not all of them at least in their public schools. so I'm very excited.
0: No that I that is great Yeah, great for them. That's fun. The
2: outreach of the symphony is very effective.
0: Yeah, so you've been practicing before uh, Since I already know the
2: repertoire. I've already acquired some of it and I've already started practicing
0: it Well, that explains why I had to go get you another cup of coffee at the beginning of the show (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back
2: Hey, this is Skip Deirda. I'm a muralist, graphic designer, photographer, and I listen to the Partnership for the Arts talk show.
0: Okay, we are back and we want to make sure that we thank creative artist and muralist, Skip Deirda for that spot. Uh, again, uh, Skip has done several murals here in Punta Gorda and he'll be doing the next one, the Harbor Walk. Starting November. We just did that interview the previous show. Right. We wanted to thank him for that. So, Isaac, let's talk about you being an instructor at the Gulf Coast Home School of Fine Arts. We didn't quite get a chance to talk about some of the favorite moments that you have there. You want to tell us about one of your favorite students? And the uh, connection you two share?
2: I, I do. I've had so many incredible individuals come through my program there and like I said in the last interview I got to start a jazz band I've had over 45 kids specifically from that institution that I started but one in particular resonated heavily with me because though I didn't mention in the last show I was born 10 weeks premature and I have a condition called hydrocephalus in which my ventricles in my brain will not drain some nice rhyming there I'm just a bassist though (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> but the fluid coming up from my spine will actually cause my brain to expand, swell, and hit the top of my skull, which will, of course, kill me eventually. Um that was something that they couldn't see in little preemie Isaac that was oh, not responding well to stimuli and couldn't move certain parts of his body, but they figured oh he's a preemie he'll get there. Anyway, um I was really quite sickly my fourth day of life and my parents brought me back to the hospital and my heart stopped several times that night and they had to emergency install uh, what's called a VP shunt so I've got a machine in my head a hole drilled in my skull and this machine takes the ventricle fluid and channels it through a tube to my stomach which enables me to go about everyday life Um, I stroked several times that night
0: and that's multiple strokes
2: Um, on my right side so Though our listeners can't see this, I can't cross both eyes. One oh, eye continues to look okay. at you on my right side. And though I'm right dominant, mm-hmm. it's actually my weaker side. So I'm, I can lift more weight, but I will sometimes just drop things out of my hand. It's not something okay. that has... Uh, I don't really score any lower on aptitude tests in terms of physical abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that shows, and I'm glad of that because I'm able to do what I do because I have fluidity with my right side of my body but sometimes uh, these little neurological conditions present themselves to me in subtle ways just like I said I'll pick up a cup of coffee and I always grip it a little bit tighter just so I don't drop the mug um, and
1: could I just interject for a moment in the first show you, you had mentioned uh, your desire to go on to neuropsychology and mm-hmm. study that is this what inspires it for you
2: actually psychology was something that I wanted to do in the first place okay. um, uh, psychotherapy is very interesting to me. Neuropsychology seems to be an ineffective budding field that's only of late with fMRIs becoming more mainstream. Right. So this is it's it's a different flavor of psychology I'd like to try. Okay. Um, psychotherapy is a possibility but no with this condition it's not it doesn't present itself you don't you can't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a weird bump on the side of my head that barbers always wonder about when they go to cut my hair and I can't play contact sports because it puts me in too much peril. I'm very fragile in that sense.
0: Okay. Yes, and Isaac, thank you for explaining all that so we we understand uh, the symptoms of this because you have a connection, as you said, with this student.
2: I had this one individual with the same hydrocephalus, the same condition, except he was less fortunate, and his entire left side, which is the hand you use to put fingers down on any given string instrument, unless you're a righty, you know, this is what... is standard this is how I play this is how all my students play Mm -hmm. he could not move the fingers on his left hand easily he called it lefty and (laughs) he called his hand lefty and and it was uh sort of like a wing a broken wing that was always tucked in and it was very difficult to get him to extend his arm and put it on the cello and he never gave up that was the cool thing about this individual um you know I, I many many people with my conditions spend their lives in the ICU uh, often they have a higher fatality rate um things can go wrong strokes right. can occur strunts can fail etc and uh he, he powered through and just c- continued to attempt to play this cello but even said one time hey Mr. Mangus would you mind switching your hand around and teaching me to play with my right hand instead. So for a time I was trying to teach him how to bow instead of with his right hand to bow with his left hand and to pluck with his left hand and to play with his right hand. And he really wanted to try that. And I'm not very successful, I'm not ambidextrous. (laughs) And as you know now, I'm I'm not quite powerful on my right. So I wasn't that fantastic switching hands, but I really admired his candor in trying. Right. And and, uh, that, that, that was just a moving experience, you know. He played in all of the concerts.
1: Oh, that's he, amazing. He sat right. for
2: it. Yeah. And, uh, and no, he was not capable of playing the music the way that you would think would be a perfect performance. But to me, as close as he could come was perfection. You know? Exactly. And he did yeah. everything he could.
0: And he's very young, correct?
2: This individual was nine years old.
0: Nine, wow. Nine.
2: Young, young yeah. individual. So he, he, he really impressed me, that's all. His family was very sweet, and they never asked more of me than I could give. Of course, I had all these other students, and I taught three levels of beginning, intermediate, and advanced at this um, institution. And I had a life outside of it, and you know, I was, I was very busy around it. And they never said, well, you need to do more. You need to spend hours with our son on your own time. They just said, well, whatever you can do. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great experience. Um, and one that really reminds me constantly of the privileges I have. Yes. Especially yeah. because this was a smaller version of what I should be. You know, I'm I'm quote unquote a miracle baby. That's what they call me back in Chattanooga because I, I really overcame a lot. Of, I nearly died something to the effect of 17 times that night that I was brought back to the wow. hospital. I was all over the place. And uh, having barely survived, I was a premature infant with uh, low immunity and low neurological capability and I couldn't move my right side for a while they all thought that I was uh, going to be a lefty for a while huh. because I wasn't yeah. showing any ability to move my right side after the stroke so you know I can, I it's it's fortunate yeah. that I yeah. should be able to yeah. accomplish what I can
0: right and I think it's incredible I mean what a blessing Right. but the fact that everything that you had gone through and now here you are working with a student mm-hmm. like that and being able to give back and, and, and really be a blessing to, to him and his family. Exactly. And he
2: was a blessing to me. He, he opened my eyes in different ways. It's all about meeting new people and seeing the humanity. Um, and I, had not, mm-hmm. I have not met a musician with hydrocephalus. I had not met a musician with a uh, more critical condition of hydrocephalus. So, you know, this is, this is what people can still do.
1: Right. right, It's incredible. Right. And I always like to see when someone, you know, they might call it a condition or something that they perceive as lack, they're not perfection, but actually they have their strengths in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. What what they have gives them another strength. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's incredible. Is this uh, still a student of yours?
2: Um, no, I've moved on. Okay. Um, GCHFA, I've passed off the double bass and cello instruction to two other people. I'm, I'm okay. both. I'm a hybrid so I was teaching both, and now there's actually a bass instructor and a cello instructor there. Okay. Um, so if he continues to play, which, you know, I, I would never fault him if he says, okay, I'm going to move on to something that I could, it might be a little bit better for lefty, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, you're right. He, in the traditional sense of perfect, he was not. But in my mind, he was. He is, because yeah. he's, he's something else. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
0: So, well, so are you, you, you know, the courage of wanting to take on something like right. that and, and Everybody
2: that. said to yeah. him, you can't do this. And not not myself, I him, I didn't even get to meet him um, when he was trying out for instrument fittings. I had a gig and another one of my students actually was fitting, uh, students saying you need a half size cello or a full size cello, etc. Everybody was like, "But well, don't you want to play the clarinet? Don't you want to play something else? He said, no, I want to play the cello. So he
0: did it. Wow,
2: wonderful. And he's not my only student that I've had with conditions, uh, learning disabilities, learning impairments, etc. that have... Not enabled them to just naturally take to the instrument, but they work so hard. Uh, I've seen some students push themselves past normal amounts of practicing and they stretch their hands and, and you know, literally and figuratively stretch their hands to continue practicing longer and longer sessions, and you know, who knows where they'll go. I can see them going far.
1: Right. And you know, it's so true. Uh, A lot of the greats or the giants in their field weren't born with the talent. It was their passion and heart that got Mm -hmm. them there. You having that experience set you up to be able to have the empathy and to, like you said, meet them where they're at. And that takes empathy and to pull them forward and continuing to stretch them because they're going to, even though they've moved on from you, I can guarantee you that they're going to look back on their life and say that was a key mentor.
2: Well, and something my mother's revered for and something I try to take away from her educational skills is that there really isn't anything that anybody can't do. Exactly. Everybody can do exactly what they want to do. And that these kids understand that is imperative to me because if I can do it, you can do it. Oh, yeah, and Trust I say the me, same thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're incredible, and they yeah. need to know that. So.
1: Yeah, and I think that's such a great message for all of you out there is that there are no limits. I yeah. don't care how old you are, what you were born with, where you came from. If you want to do it, do it. You can do it. And right. There are hardships yes. that, you yeah. know,
2: cause trials and tribulations, and, they're, mm-hmm. and uh, they are to be understood, and uh, concern for those hardships is just fine. But right, never, right, never yeah. let a hardship limit you and tell you you can't do it. Exactly. That's all. Yeah. If you want to do yeah. it, you can.
1: And you'll do it in your time, too. Exactly. Someone might have the privilege that they can get there a little bit sooner. They have the support. But you will get there. It's your journey. Mm-hmm. And if you just really start to not look at the end goal, but really pay attention to where you are on the journey, you'll have so many gifts come in your life.
2: One of my favorite so. quotes is from a neuro... Psychologist and a cognitive learning psychologist at, at uh, Harvard. His name is Steven Pinker, and he's the Johnston mm-hmm. family uh, professor of psychology there. And he said, it, uh, we may never have a perfect world, but it is not romantic or naive to work toward a better one.
1: It's,
0: yeah, huh. I like it's that. It's a paraphrase. Yeah. Yeah. But well, yeah. well said. Yeah, it is well said. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay, and Kat, I think you wanted to ask Isaac uh, about his summer.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to ask you, when you have your time off during the summer, I guess your off-season, what do you do on your time off? Do you pursue other things? Do you practice even
0: more? (laughs) I'm sorry, Kat, but I just find it interesting that you would use the term time off. You know, that's true. That's, yeah,
2: that's cute.
1: Um, <laughs> what is that again? <laughs> you know, that's true. <laughs> though I might be taking like a short summer break from teaching. Uh, I'm not off. I'm always in my art. But I was just curious if if, you had a little bit more time to schedule. Are there other interests that you pursue well, outside of music?
2: I've done a lot of teaching this summer. I've, I've done a lot of gigging and I have done a lot of practicing. But I do get my time off. And I went on a cruise this May. Um, it was my first year anniversary with my girlfriend and we went on a cruise. Thank you. Yeah. Lovely, lovely individual she is. And we went on the ship and to, to I think, yeah, we went Western Caribbean and okay, I, I hardly remember of course, because I was more involved with music on that boat. <laughs> um, there was a Brazilian quartet from, they called themselves Brazil 17 after the homage to Brazil 66, Sergio Mendez's okay. group from the 1960s. And, uh, they they blew me away. So I was there nine nine p.m. to one a.m. every morning, and <laughs> you know I, I I had I had a great time just lounging about on a ship and eating my fill, and then going listening to incredible jazz. World you get class. to be
1: the audience. <laughs> I'm in the audience
2: for once, which is
1: great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: there was actually one one thing in particular. Um, the Venice Symphony has a great outreach program too, and to prepare students for the third grade concert with the Carnegie Hall program, we actually have been taking quartets from the woodwind and the brass and the percussion and the strings. And we've been going around to various third grades all around the counties, um, from Toledo Blade all the way to North Sarasota, to Booker. Wow. And that was a great experience. Um, Of course, all the four, four quartets are going at different days so that they get varying weeks of varying, you know, and they learn about every section of the symphony orchestra in real experience seeing these okay. musicians. My string quartet was, I was on bass and we had a violinist and a violist and a cellist. You know, not not an orchestration that you typically have, but we had it, and we made things work, we played repertoire, and this one individual at Toledo Blade, a little eight or nine year old, sees me on the ship in May. He happens to be on family vacation, which, I was a little bit suspect of because <laughs> there was a middle school year and I was missing the Carnegie Hall performance with the Venice Symphony because I was on the ship. So I was like, "Well, you missed it too, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me about that one. But that's but he learned a lot because he recognized me and he came oh. up to me in the buffet and he said, "Weren't you at Atwater Elementary?" And I, and oh, I just looked yeah. at this kid like, "Wait a second, Atwater's in Northport, Florida." It takes a very specific genre of eight year old to know where that is, so he he had been there and he, he had been there huh. and he paid such attention that he you know managed to recognize me sight un you know unseen at a, a in a different at a buffet location. Yeah, right. at a, yeah. at a buffet on a ship you know <laughs> On one hand, you could say, wow, I really never do get away from things. It's like the mafia, they just keep pulling me back in. <laughs> there is no break. <laughs> but, um,
0: <laughs> but an instance like that. Yeah, well,
2: you know, exactly. What a special experience. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that really shows you in codified example that you are getting through to children and yeah. they are perceiving and understanding and integrating into oh, their yeah. schema. Yeah. what you're trying to put across to them.
1: right? And I am curious, though, because uh, you had mentioned a few times, um, you know, eighth graders or eight-year-olds. Do you do any age groups that are younger? Or is at age eight a starting point for a musician uh, or a key point? And if so, why would that be? I'm just curious.
2: I think that any point can be a key point. I started at 12. Okay. I, I have students that started at 15. I have students that started at 70. Right. Um but you know, my girlfriend, for example, has played since she was three, okay, and so she's now played ergo for eighteen years, okay, um yeah. which is a long time um twice what I have and that's that's a gift, and it's especially important that where wherever they are, you get them started as soon as possible because if they want to do it why why keep them from it any longer right right. You know, so you, you give them the exposure and, mm-hmm. and this kid was exposed anyway, so okay. yeah. He, yeah yeah well, exposed to strings
0: right. So, Isaac, we're going to have to wrap up here pretty quickly. All right. But a couple of things I wanted to cover that we haven't gotten to. You are going to be, as you mentioned, you're going to be moving on. You're in Gainesville, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to be finishing a BA. My intended major is neuropsychology. Uh, with that, I hope to either go on and get a master's and a PhD and be certified by the APA or go the medical school route and be certified that way. Um, I haven't decided yet, but I figure that since I'm so interested in neurology and I'm so interested in psychology if I combine the two then I get my options and right. something that I've always learned in the last few years is the value of options mm-hmm. um, I try to keep as many doors open as possible and sometimes I, I'm directionless for the number of directions that I have <laughs> and, and that and that can be its own curse but I'm excited to be a finishing it anyway after I've got my associates I'm transferring in and uh
0: We'll see where it goes from there. And that you are still playing with the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I will be coming down from Gainesville. Um, I'll have. I. I'll be staying with family in Northport, and I'll be coming down for the weekends that Charlotte has concerts, and I'm incredibly excited.
1: Yeah, that's
0: fantastic. Yeah. Now, yeah. before we sign off here, there's one thing you kind of touched on, but we didn't mention your duet.
2: Yes, mm. my lovely Joy. Joy was the concert master of... The orchestra, the youth orchestra, I, I spoke about in my first interview. Oh, okay. The Saracen Youth Philharmonic. Uh-huh. And she is a, an astoundingly gifted musician. She's um, we're Currently, we're still doing Into the Woods, the Sondheim production. The Venice Theater, we're still um, engaged in that. And she's the violinist um, next to me. Uh, I saw her perform the Mendelssohn Concerto, all 36 minutes of it, from memory with the Venice Symphony at 19. She blows me away. So uh, she, she was concertmaster, and I was principal bass, and we had direct line of sight for each other, and <laughs> she was, you know, adorable, so I'm, I'm looking over at her whenever. I get, whenever I wasn't looking at the conductor, I in fact started to memorize my music so I didn't have to look at the conductor or the music, I could just look over at her. Um, <laughs> but she started looking at me because of all the neurotic faces. And um, <laughs> <laughs> but eventually she found me cute, so you know, give me a couple of years, and uh, I finally got that. You know, we, we were together in the Venice Symphony. I um, yeah. so she actually performs with me in the Charlotte Symphony. She's yep, Joyce in, wow. in the Charlotte Symphony. She and I will both have a full contract this year.
0: Congratulations, <sighs> no awesome. doubt. Okay, so, right, so now I got someone else. I'm going to be right. Yeah, I'm interview because
2: she's she's got some stories herself, on, including playing ninety thousand dollar violins and. You know, borrowing Stradivariuses to make Vivaldi work when she's soloing over the Sarasota Orchestra, etc. So you know, just the normal stuff, you know.
0: Oh sure, yeah. The normal stuff. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know um, you know, one thing we really messed up on here, Kat? We didn't get Joy to come in and tell some good stories about Isaac. Right. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get those. Well we'll get those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will have to get together for okay. sure. Yeah. So, Isaac, we are about out of time. Anything you want to add before we go?
2: Nope. I am just so thankful that you guys have had me here for long interviews and listened to my tangents, um <laughs> though you must be tired of the sound of my voice. I really oh, enjoyed no. sharing it no. and uh
0: if we had more time, oh, we would cover yeah. a lot more, Isaac. Oh, for and for sure, and we will we will be catching up and mm-hmm. follow along.
2: Thank you, Dave, and thank you, Kat, and thank you to the listeners of the show.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I just again, Isaac, I gotta say, I am am happy, I am proud of the fact that uh, we have made a friendship. And uh, being able to watch your experiences, it's just, it's heartwarming.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And uh, I'm so glad, again, you took time to get on the show. I look forward to seeing the performances coming up, especially with Joy. This has gotta be even... Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, fantastic. So we will catch up with you in the performances. Wish you good luck on your next adventure, the next season in your life there.
1: And I just have to say one thing. It's just been such an honor meeting you two. Mm -hmm. I'm just so inspired and impressed. And I'll just be getting those tickets right away. (laughs) (laughs) For sure.
2: Please, and thank you both. Um, I hope I can even get you up to Into the Woods, maybe.
0: Awesome. Here you go. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds, does that sound right? (laughs) Up into the woods.
2: Up into the, well, (laughs) depends on who's the cellist, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
0: Okay. Okay, so with that, we're going to conclude the uh, series with Isaac, so... Kept. I'm gonna say have a good day.
1: You too, Dave, this has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you again. Yeah.
0: Well, this uh, you just add so much to the show and we're all glad on the cast with us.
1: It's an honor on my part, I tell you, what yeah. a privilege, so thank yeah. you.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll catch up next show. For sure. Okay. okay, everyone, thanks for listening to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. This is Partnership for the Arts Talk Show. Thanks for joining us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find this and other episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show, or you can find us on our website at partnershipfortheartsgroup.org. This show is recorded at the
1: Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Don't know how inspiring you are. And it was yeah. just so great to have you on this show. Thank you both. I
0: think you are embarrassing, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs>
1: wow, I've never seen that shade of red. <laughs> I'll have uh, to mix it in my paints. <laughs> oh, there you go. Look, Isaac, you just inspired you the <laughs>